Hello. 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 And welcome to Paranormal Captivity. This might be the earliest we've ever said the actual name of our show. <laughs> We're Paranormal Captivity. We're Paranormal Captivity. Oh, welcome to welcome. The Cat Who Said Cheese, part <gasps> two. I think that's also the earliest we said the book name. <laughs> Oh my god, look at us go. We're really just on top of our so shit today. Woo. I mean, we're not, but we're on top of that shit, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what else I am so on top of right now? Um, a pile of cheese? Oh, I wish. I do have some really good cheese in the fridge after this for after this though. I have some brie and I have some white cheddar. I'm so excited. <laughs> Oh, that sounds so good. So, so good. Um, no, we have a new patron. <gasps> a new patron. Yes. Welcome, yes, patron. Yes. Welcome to Molly. We're so excited you're here. I just opened your... Um, I was messaging with Molly because per per <laughs> um, our Patreon benefits, you get a little little shout out. Um, as a new as a new per team member, so I'm opening this now. To make sure I have all of Molly's info right. Let's see. Oh, it's a really sweet message. Thank you, Molly. Okay, yes. So, Molly. Thank you, Molly. Molly uses she, her pronouns. Um, Molly is a stay-at-home mom to a little one named Alaric. Um, let's see. They have five backyard chickens. Oh my Ooh, gosh. that's fun. That's really fun. Um, she says the chickens don't have a name, but they have two, don't have names except for the white one or sil- the silky. And um, they have two cats, all named Bailey and Tiger Lily. Oh, I love that. So cute. So thank you so much for joining our per team, Molly. We really appreciate it. Molly is also the one who sent in our um, latest topic for Kitty World News that we just posted. Oh, the the Baltimore story? Yeah, the Baltimore story. Oh, oh, fun. Thanks, Molly. Yeah, thanks, Molly. I know. I think we said it in the episode, in the Kitty World News episode, but that was one that as soon as Molly sent that, I was like, oh, man, like that tingles like a little nerve somewhere. And I sent it to Julia. <laughs> and I was, Julia, didn't you immediately say like, oh, we were supposed to cover that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, wait, I already <laughs> sent that to you. Why did we forget about it? <laughs> something happened so thank it got like lost in the the mix so thank you molly for bringing that back into our life because that was a great article about um neighborhood watch cats in baltimore yeah got some watch cats here in baltimore you got them you got them i don't got them you got them (laughs) i mean you might have them i don't know maybe someone just hasn't written an article about it yet i mean that's true although i did take shadow like off the street so i feel like there are at least there's at least one less cat working you stole a watch cat (laughs) i might have stolen a watch he actually (laughs) is okay i've actually been meaning to bring this up and i forget if i've actually brought this up before on the podcast okay shadow is the nosy neighbor that i have always wanted to be and i love him for it he has these like specific stop me if i've told you this before i feel like i yell this to everyone i know and can't remember if i've said this publicly before no, or not. please yell it again <laughs> here it is again everyone <laughs> <laughs> um he has these like really specific spots like one out on the patio one in like the window in my bedroom 
that like I swear he'll like hear voices of my neighbors especially if they're just like standing and talking by either of those spots he Mm -hmm. will dash to those spots and then he just like hunkers down and watches in a way that I'm like you want the gossip like you want the tea (laughs) you want to know I love it (laughs) nice so he could have been a watch cat. I mean, he is currently in this apartment. So maybe I changed him from an actual, like, productive, helpful outdoor watch cat, like the Baltimore ones. And I turned him into a gossipy, nosy neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's sounds about right. <laughs> Are you having any um, cat updates or cat dramas? Um, not really. I haven't seen the little stray in a while. So there is this, like, it's not little. It's actually a big fluffy, like, kind of chunky gray stray out, like, in the streets. Saw it once in my alleyway and once in my neighbor's patio. And Mm. Chuni has been, like, on high alert ever since. But I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know where it went. Hmm. Okay. I was kind of hoping that it would be a nice little uh, neighbor friend for Chuni because Lord knows he needs it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even the tarot cards tell him that he needs a friend. (laughs) He needs a love interest. (laughs) Oh, speaking of love interests. Okay, Julia and I earlier were dishing a little bit on how disappointed we were in this section of the book so far. But I will say the one thing in this section. So we're on to part two of The Cat Who Said Cheese. Um, we got some hot hand-holding in public, <laughs> Julia, in public. I took note of that, and I, <laughs> because I think that is the first physical contact uh-huh. we've seen between Polly and Coolerin in public, and it wasn't even like a, oh my god, like, let's, you know, touch hands behind our backs in secret. It was uh-huh. like, full-on public hand-holding and Polly was like Quillerin how scandalous and he was like let them watch (laughs) yeah he literally even was like town gossip be damned like it was as if they were gonna watch like put on a show of some kind like it was so I mean they were putting on a show of handsy a handsy show (laughs) a handsy show (laughs) a handsy show of (laughs) hand-holding Wow, wow, wow. We got here. We didn't think we'd get here, but here we are. <laughs> oh, man. That was quite a moment for the ages. I did uh, did note that. I thought of you instantly, and I was like, oh, we are going to talk about this hand-holding. <laughs> hand-holding. So mm. exciting. Who would have thought? Whew. I mean... The question is, do we get anything after this? Like, is there a next step or is this like really all we get? No, this, this that's it. <laughs> that's it. We'll <laughs> probably just go back to like insinuations like we've had in the past. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I guess we must start. Um, so we are on to part two of The Cat Who Said Cheese. Um, we read up to chapter 10, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah, like I was telling Julia earlier, like it's this section is more filled with Quillerin's errands than I have ever (laughs) encountered in any of these books. And, you know, that's my favorite part of these books. (laughs) It is a whole bunch of nonsense for sure. Uh This section was like 
I don't even know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got, like, anything productive in this section. Did we get anything productive in this section? I mean, we learned a lot about bees, which <laughs> I'm not opposed to. No, I actually do. I am weirdly really into beekeeping. So, like, that section actually was really interesting to me, too. I also feel like this guy, Aubrey, is going to come back into play, too. Yeah, that seemed important. I feel like we got some more we got some more details about the actual bombing. So, we mm-hmm. can definitely go over that. And then I feel like we got some setup for the food explo. Like there's some some kind of a few things here and there, but I do feel like we probably won't go as blow by blow in this section because honestly, I feel like that would take us into the night. <laughs> uh yes, also um if you are as into fun beekeeping information as I am, you should, I don't know if you already know this person or not, but you should follow Emmy Made. Emmy Made? No, I don't think I know them. Yeah, I thought she's a YouTuber and oh. so she does like, she has like fun YouTube videos, but I follow her on Instagram and last summer she had so many fun videos of her bees. <gasps> she keeps bees. Cool. And she just has, like, a nice little, like, kind of homestead setup in general. And she has, like, chickens. And, like, last summer she planted a giant pumpkin. And so Aww. you got to, like, watch her giant pumpkin grow. But she has a lot of fun um, bee facts. So everything... <laughs> when we got to that section, as I was reading through it, I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I learned that from Eddie. Oh, <laughs> I already know that. <laughs> I know all about bees. <laughs> Not all about bees, Emmy told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I know bees, I feel like it's one of those things that like often is made fun of as like a boring thing, but I am just so fascinated and would like, I mean, if I didn't live in a like an apartment in the middle of a city, um, (laughs) I mean, I know people do that too, but I mean, I just also don't know enough about it. But yeah, I would love to have bees. I think that would be so cool. Yeah. One day. Someday. Someday. Well, we should also say up top, too, as Julia brought up uh, in our pre-episode chat, um, which was really just us dilly-dallying before we hit record. (laughs) Um, This, so we kind of touched on it before of, like, there is a character in this that is not handled very racially sensitively um, or in any sort of current, like, progressive mindset and we get we we're kind of hoping that it was gonna like I was saying earlier I was like man I it it sucks to hope that it stays in like a vague area but you always get the sense that it's gonna get a little bit worse sometimes um with these books and it got a little worse so yeah it definitely reads less like a book that was written in the 90s and more like a book that was written in like the 60s yes yeah yeah yeah, and I think that's, again, like, I think we said last time, that's that's why it, I feel like we keep saying that, too, of, like, I think last time, too, I was like, well, like, you know, the times, and you were like, this was the 90s, and I was like, oh, This was you're while right. we were alive. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I mean, obviously, giving the context of a time frame is important as well, but also some things just are never okay, and that's that. Yeah. Yeah. So... We will certainly not be repeating the racist joke that Quillerin made 
all no that is we, done. we will not yes <laughs> we absolutely no. will not we will be letting you know that it exists so that if you do decide so that to you read... can skip over it exactly so that you can you know know that it exists in this book and it is just there and we are here to report it and to not ignore it yes um so where do we even begin <laughs> with this section i know i feel like i read the first section so long ago i had like when i jumped back in i was like oh yeah like an anoush and like the bombing and then mm-hmm. i got to a point and i was like oh my god the explo the explo <laughs> yes i have forgotten so many things going too. on <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh yeah, so we, uh, I think when, when we jump back in, really the hotel bombing is, like, the piece of news for the first, like, at least chapter. Yes. Um, and so Quillerin is, so at the, I think at the, where we left off, Quillerin had met this mysterious woman who came into town that everyone was like, <gasps> who is she? And no one bothered talking to her. They just gossiped. Uh-huh. Um, so we met her in the last section. She seems lovely. She offered to cook for Quillerin, or more like Quillerin met a woman and was like, maybe she'll cook for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and offered to let her cook for him. <laughs> yes. 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 And so uh, on his way back from the grocery store he heard news of the hotel being bombed he got back and this woman had mysteriously disappeared and i think that's where we left off yes but correct me if i'm wrong and there was more that happened no i think that's definitely it and it kind of was the point where you know quillard was veering into the problematic territory of being like she was involved and it's like okay no she was not involved just because she's like from a different place than you and like looks different than you um but he does come around because he notices or he realizes that she had had the radio on and she wasn't like starting to cook so like he was like oh okay she heard about the bombing and fled and so we are led to believe that she was the target potential target of the bomb yes um and so yeah so we start out the this section oh my gosh i literally cannot i feel like quillard's errands always do something to my brain where i just like cannot remember the timeline and now i'm like literally just following threads in my head that don't (laughs) exist in the book well can we talk about the very first thought that quillard jumps to after this bombing and like this poor woman gets like scared out of town oh yes first line of thought is oh no what am i gonna do with all of these groceries <laughs> oh my god that's right that is the first thing oh he's he's such an incompetent he's man a... <laughs> i'm just sometimes so over him <laughs> yeah he literally could not even Stand. He couldn't deign to put some, like, ground turkey in his freezer for a later date. <laughs> Even the rice. Rice is shelf-stable for years. Like, he... Yeah. This fool... He was like, 
I'm gonna return it. He was like, oh, the lady won't mind if I, the, like, shopkeeper at Toodle's Market, Mrs. Toodle won't mind if I return the rice. Why would you return rice, you would fool? You know? <laughs> like, what Why would you? And that's his plan. Do you remember his plan with the onions? Oh, yes. <laughs> he was going to throw, he was hurling them into the woods <laughs> so that woodland creatures would have a spicy little little meal <laughs> i'm screaming I, mean, <laughs> I was so you're right i forgot all about this and i was so mad <laughs> i was like you can't chop an onion and you can't <laughs> boil some rice uh the eye roll the eye roll <laughs> yeah and then his big problem was what to do with the ground meat because his cats wouldn't eat it <laughs> yeah and it was gonna cause a scandal if he gave it to a woman to cook <laughs> and then he he goes through the thing too which i also think is very problematic where he was like oh i could give it to polly but then i'd have to explain the whole situation to her and she's so jealous that i have to lie to her about oh i'm on a real quiller and hating bandwagon today sorry <laughs> He's just like such a. He earned it. <laughs> he earned it this episode. Yes, he earned it this section. He, I hate when he lies to Polly because he full out does later on when it like comes up a little later. And it like, it, it's just like, it, yeah, no, it boggles my mind because, <laughs> because wouldn't it be so much easier to just be like, hey, I like ran into this woman and she seemed really cool and offered to like make some. I can't remember what she offered to make meatballs. Maybe. No, it was um yeah, it was like a meatball. But remember, you were equating it to uh, an Albanian dish. It was like a Mediterranean like uh, leaf wrap type. Oh yeah, sar- sarma. Oh sarma, yeah, that's right. Sarma. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's another name for it. There's a Greek name for it. Ah, I gotcha. Don't remember the Greek name. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> Dolma. Oh, that sounds familiar. Is that right? Here I the can... grape leaf wrap. Oh can look it up yeah that might be wrong don't listen to me <laughs> yeah oh those are so good dolma yeah you were right dolma yes good work um yeah like the story isn't anyway that's <laughs> <laughs> it's not scandalous and he should have just told polly and mm-hmm. she probably would have made something delicious with ground lamb and <laughs> onions yes. and rice because all of those are very easy ingredients to deal with yes um but i loved that he decided to put the lamb in the freezer in case this poor woman came back from being like run out of town by an actual bomb Mm -hmm. he was like oh maybe she'll come back and still cook for me (laughs) what like there are no my mind does not fully wrap around that it's like this woman is fleeing for her life and you are thinking with your damn stomach you fool yeah also what's she gonna do with the meat you're gonna return the rice and fucking throw the onions to the raccoons right Right. she's still not gonna have all the ingredients that she asked for initially like oh my god and his his like solution eventually too to his problem of having food is that he eventually is he gives oh no he doesn't even he gets yeah right he freezes that and then he also um it does kind of come out he goes to visit polly and then i know i'm skipping some stuff here but i finished i figured why not finish this thread real quick um (laughs) when like what how does it come up that like polly does kind of find out that he was like or asks what he was was doing 
It was either Polly or Polly's sister. Someone like heard from the shopkeeper that he was oh. buying ingredients for meatballs. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, why, Quillerin, why were you buying it? And I think it was Polly because she was like, she knew that she had like caught him in something and he was going to lie his way out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she was like goading him like, so I hear you uh, bought uh-huh. some meatball ingredients. You going <laughs> to cook those? <laughs> and he was like, uh... <laughs> Yeah. And then he goes to the great lengths to lie and say that, yeah, what does he say? He says that he was shopping for Celia Robinson because Mm -hmm. he knows that she'll lie for him, too. And so he makes up this whole thing about, like, oh, she cooks these, like, special meatballs for her dog. And I requested that um, or her cat. I forget. Does she have a dog or a cat? I couldn't really tell. I feel like it was a dog. I thought it was a dog, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because whichever it is, like, yeah, she gets a pet at the end of one of the books that, like, I feel like her... her... Oh, no, it is a cat. Is it a cat? Okay. Right? She had that fancy cat. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's her grandson that got the dog and she got a cat, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, Yeah, I can't either. (laughs) It sounded like a dog, but I'm pretty sure in the other book it was a cat. Okay. Um, well, either way, Quillerin is like, lies and says like, oh, see, I went shopping for Celia. She was making these like legendary, her like legendary meatball recipe for her cat. And then I, so I asked her to make some for Coco and Yum Yum. So he like not only put Celia in the line of fire here, but also like creates this whole backstory in which she has a recipe for meatballs for cats, (laughs) which I think is like. That includes rice instead yeah. of breadcrumbs <laughs> right because then he goes to her and he, he like calls her frantically when he gets home and he's like okay listen if anyone asks you have to say that your, your meatball recipe includes rice not like and she's like well mine includes um breadcrumbs and he's like well not today it doesn't not anymore <laughs> not anymore and she's like she was All like right. actually rice makes my uh pet sick and he was like no it doesn't <laughs> he's like i don't care i'm not listening <laughs> God, Quillerin is in prime form in this episode. Yeah, he's really the worst. <laughs> God. Um, okay, sorry. I took us all out of order just to close out that thread. Because I figured if there's ever an episode or a section of the book that, like, we're going to get lost in all the details, it's like, maybe. It's, we should... yeah, it's definitely this one. It's, I already yeah. don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, maybe what we should do is, like, kind of pick up the threads we can remember and then just, like tell those the whole way through and see if any important information comes out yeah no for sure um i actually do think his visit with polly and her sister comes up pretty quickly but i also know that he uh had a conversation with chief brody yes i was gonna bring that up next too i feel like that was later in the the section but i feel like that's the most important part yeah Mm mm-hmm I don't remember why it was important. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, so he, I guess the, that thread is just the, the information. Like he basically Quillerin gets more of the information about the bombing than the rest of the town does. So he mm-hmm. actually, no, I, I guess maybe this is pretty early because this is before he goes to the newspaper and reads the newspaper to like see what they reported on. So he basically calls Andrew Brody um, pretty immediately after last section and he's like or pretty immediately after Anoush um, fly like leaves um, mm-hmm. on the the um, flight 
And he's like, hey, so, like, what do you know, basically? And Brody's like, oh, like, long day, blah, blah, blah. And Quillerin's like, um, well, I was with her yesterday. And Brody's like, well, I'm putting on my shoes and I'm coming over. So Quillerin, like, gives him a couple shots of whiskey and they kind of talk. So Quillerin kind of tells him everything that had happened the day before and then Brody, there's there's also, like, a whole section of, like, Quillerin kind of patting himself on the back, being like, I'm such a good informant that Brody trusts me to tell me everything. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, which Brody does, technically, but also, like, okay, Quillerin. So Brody does then tell him more of the details that we hadn't learned before. Um, we learn the biggest thing is that, sadly, one of the hotel employees, the one who did die is this, like, really sweet, like, basically teenage girl almost, I think, or, like, maybe college mm-hmm. age. I think she was college age. Oh, okay. Yeah, college. Oh, that's right, because she's going to, she was going to the community college with her boyfriend who also worked at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Lenny Inchpot is, was her boyfriend. Um, and so her, her name was Anna Marie Tom. Toms? Anna Marie Toms. And apparently she was, like, super well-liked. Everyone really, you know, she was uh, just a, had a lot of promise, everyone was saying. And it was obviously really sad that, I mean, would have been sad no matter what. But I think everyone was extra mm-hmm. sad because she was so young. And I think she was about to go into nursing at the community college. So then the story we get from Brody is that how she had died was obviously in the bomb. But what had happened more specifically is that someone pretty nondescript, like a middle-aged to like 40 something white man in with like a truck and a baseball hat which Quillerin quickly and helpfully points out could be anyone in this entire city or town basically Mm -hmm. um so this like really nondescript person comes into the hotel with a bunch of flowers and a present for Anoush and I, you know, as a small town would maybe do, it, the security is very lax at this hotel. And so with no no other ado or anything else, um, this person just is like, hey, can I give a present to Anoush? And they're like, sure, go yeah, on into her room. Why not? Mm-hmm. So they let this person in to Anoush's room without her knowledge. Um, this person leaves the flowers in the present and then leaves. And I guess the flowers were very... There's a lot about flowers in this section. I can't quite tell if, like, that'll come back. I feel like that's a clue or going to be a clue. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this was... Because we also make it to the flower shop at some point during this episode. And Uh the flower shop lady divulges to Quillerin that this guy had come in and bought those flowers at her shop. And they were, like, a special, like, type of mom but it was like a like a designer color that was like new it was the vintage burgundy right the vintage burgundy yeah and then it like the vintage burgundy mom starts showing up like everywhere and yeah. i did kind of peg it when he was like in the shop he was like oh there's gonna be like some you know like once people find out this is like the bomber's That's... choice of flower there's gonna right. be like some you know like sensationalization of that information and everyone's gonna want them so that did kind of happen, and I can't tell if that was just, like, a nod to him being right, or if there's going to be, like, something more about that later. 
Good point. Good point. Yeah, because that could have just been because the whole point he's in the flower shop to buy Polly some flowers because she, as we'll, as we'll remember, has had a heart attack and is recovering. And so she's going on her first walk after the heart attack. And so he's buying her flowers, which is really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. But he like really specifically the florist is like trying to sell him the mums and he's like, oh, Polly hates mums. So no, thank you. So he gets her daisies instead. But then he gets to Polly's house and the mums, the vintage burgundy mums are there and they're from her doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Quillerin is jealous. <laughs> Super jealous. Yes. Um, nice and grumbly about it. He's so grumbly, yes. Which is funny because like, he does, he does do that thing where it's like he talks so much about how jealous Polly is. And like, have we ever seen Polly jealous? We've seen Quillerin jealous. I mean, I think we've seen them both a little bit grumbly. They need to just get over themselves and <laughs> yeah. have the talk about what their relationship is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're hand-holding, so we see the steps <laughs> forward. But I don't think they've had the talk yet. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, um, it is really funny. That, so that is the... That is the time, the time of the handholding. So they go on a walk after Polly's heart attack and Polly is feeling very like kind of trepidatious about it, I suppose, because um, she hasn't really been out since her heart attack. And so Quillern is being very supportive and yeah, they have a whole little, little back and forth, like we mentioned. And Quillern says, rumors be damned. Let's hold hands. <laughs> Yeah, but he did shoot down the suggestion that they move in together pretty quickly when that came up in some other conversation. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So one step forward, two steps back. A Quiller in. <laughs> Which honestly, I don't know that Polly would want to move in with him either. I mean, kind of who would want to live with him? <laughs> I, I know, right? Who would want to live with him? <laughs> oh, although I do like that the um, the uh, excuse that he gives, like his kind of standard excuse, which he kind of made like a, oh, this is just what I tell people. But it's like, no, this is like your number one priority. Um, he tells people that the cats are incompatible. Yeah, which, I mean, have they even ever met? I mean, that's He true. doesn't know. The cat he, he is incompatible <laughs> with Lindsay. Yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, God. So, yeah, we have the walk. I think that wraps up the flowers. Oh, no, it doesn't. Okay, sorry. Going back to the thread about poor Anna Marie. So, Anna Marie goes up to the room because the mums apparently were, like, shedding. Like, they um, were kind of messy as the this per- mystery person was bringing them in. And so, as the housekeeper of the, of the hotel, she was, like, oh, you know, follow, kind of going behind him after he left and like cleaning up the flowers. And then she was like, Oh, they must, they probably made a mess in the, in Anusha's room too. So I'm going to go in there and clean them up. And so, um, back to Brody talking to Quillerin, Brody tells Quillerin that they think that she, as she was like vacuuming up the, the flower drop-ins, like the flower, like leave behinds, that she must have tripped the bomb and it exploded while she was in there, which is maybe one of the more violent deaths we've gotten in this series. Yeah. So what else do we have? We have a funeral for Anna Marie Tom. 
We do. We have, I think before that happens, we have the, uh, the beekeeping, um, yes. interview. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a lot of talk about cheese this yes. section because yes. there is a new cheesemaker in town, right? And I couldn't mm. tell if it was like all the same cheese that Quillen was talking about or like kind of everyone was talking about, but like it came up when Brody came over, Quillen served him this new cheese, mm-hmm. and uh, then he actually went to a like goat farm and talked to them about cheese. And then he had some visitors who were like also interested in cheese and like a cheese tasting. (laughs) Yeah. And the cats were eating cheese. Like, yeah, there was cheese everywhere. There was cheese everywhere. Almost as much as flowers and honey were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Which that's a winning combo. Honey, cheese and flowers my god if someone gave me that i would be thrilled yeah i'm i'm into it yeah well and so i think there are a couple different cheese makers at least two because the first so we get a scene oh we actually get some some of the first like cheese plating we get um quilleran has bought some fancy cheeses and um kind of put them out for the land speaks so carol and i forget his name I sounded like I was censoring his first name. Um, Landspeak uh, bring over this couple, this like new couple in town to mm-hmm. um, meet Quillerin and the cats and see the barn. And he puts out some cheese and yeah, he acts like it's a new cheese, but then he says, oh, it's Gruyere. And on, I mean, Gruyere is not like, maybe it's new to him. Gruyere is no, not it's- like... Yeah, it's new to him. I think it's the same cheese he had put out for Andrew Brody at the very beginning of the section. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And so it's a, a new shop called Sip and Nibble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sip and Nibble, for those of you who heard nipple in that. <laughs> <laughs> Sip and Nipple. <laughs> Sip and nipple. <laughs> Sip and nipple. No, sip and nipple. So it's a wine and cheese shop run by two brothers, right? One's the cheese expert and one's the wine expert. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I almost forgot about that. Probably because I couldn't, like, yeah. go. I was like, oh, I want a wine and cheese shop right now. Yeah, no, for sure. So that's, like, one of the cheese shops but then i think there was another one there's the cheese farm right the like yes. goat farm yeah that's what i was just gonna say so the second cheese producer that we kind of come across is that uh christy of we met her at the in the um the ghost yes the ghost house all the way back which we also get an iris cobb throwback well. I know we have so many throwbacks and yeah. that I think that was what like also threw me off about this section I was like every time I read a name I was like I know I'm supposed to know who that is that's yes. very familiar and I have no idea what the backstory is because I just can't remember I know and you have to like rack your brain it's like oh god <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah no exactly um so yeah Christy had we met Christy and some of her goats. She had like a goat herd mm-hmm. back in that book. And apparently, so we meet her husband in this one who apparently was 
the oh my god there's so many twists and turns in this section how is this all in one section i don't know <laughs> i could i could not figure out who he was i was like i'm pretty sure she was single at the time when we met her and her goats yes i remember him so he is was the like manager of the museum remember there was like a museum that they created that was just like a farm museum after iris cobb died i think kind of (laughs) (laughs) so he was i think he managed that museum when it was a thing Mm -hmm. and he has since not been there anymore or since like moved on and he's like full-time helping christy um he's actually the cheese maker the goat cheese maker so that's like the goat cheese um Mm -hmm. addition to the pickaxe cheese world um or cheese tours but so yeah so he's the goat cheese maker but he was since he was the museum manager it also comes back up that when iris cobb died she was like an excellent cook she was actually the original one who would cook for quiller and quiller was like i can't cook but like Mm -hmm. people around me can and yeah, so, and she would give him all of that freezer meatloaf for his cats. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, exactly. Which she actually even brings up to them at one point, like tells them directly, like, remember Iris Cobb? She used to make you meatloaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so her, when she died, her cookbook was lost. And her cookbook was like talk of the town, like who was going to get her cookbook and her will. And it was actually willed to Quillerin, but no one could find it. So... But I also feel like there was something that happened in that book. Like, I feel like we actually are supposed to know where the cookbook is, potentially. I thought it... I mean, Quillerin kind of, like, alluded to it in this section. He mentioned that, like... Because it came up a couple of times in this section where people were like, oh, we think, you know, like, one of the museum volunteers took it. Because it was, like, in a bookshelf or, like, in a... I remember it being, like, in a desk drawer or, like, one of the pieces of furniture. It was, like, hidden in there. Yeah. Um, and at the the end of one of the sections, Quillerin was like, oh, everyone thinks that it was a volunteer, but no one thought to suspect the manager. Right. So I That's kinda, right. I feel like it was the, that, the goat guy. The goat guy. That's a good point. The goat guy. <laughs> the, the goat go- cheese guy. The goat cheese guy. That's true. We just don't know. So, yeah, that apparent mystery came back into our lives this go-round. So, yeah, so there were, there was a lot of cheese, but there were, yeah, I think a couple different producers of said cheese. Yeah, there was also, so I think pretty early on we got the the beekeeping interview out of the way, because I remember we, we actually got some more information about Anoush and the, the mystery man from who delivered the package. Mm. Didn't we get more information about them from um, the cafe in Burr? We did. That's right. We did. Yeah. Yeah. So Quillerin Quillerin stopped by the town of Burr and got some more information from Gary, the barkeeper or the cook. Yeah, I think honestly, I don't know. I think he's kind of a (laughs) catch-all. The cafe, (laughs) the cafe runner. The proprietor, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, Quillen, I don't know how Quillen knew to like stop by there and ask about Anoush and this guy, but he did for some reason, or it just came up in conversation maybe, and uh, Gary was like, oh yeah, actually, like both of them were here 
the other day and they actually had dinner together. They sat like over there in that corner and were having like a very seemingly like intense business deal type of a conversation. Mm. But then when like any server, anyone walked by, they were just talking about the weather. So like Mm -hmm. it was still kind of a mystery. No one really knew what they were talking about or doing there, but apparently they have been, seen together before mm-hmm. so adds to the mystery of of that yes um and we also get the confirmation that i was right that burr is the town that has like a lakefront type situation um because it was also he also said that anoush was seen walking on the boardwalk mm. in burr Oh, is that where Quillerin's cabin is? It is, I believe. Oh, or, like, in that area. Maybe that's why Quillerin knew to stop by the cafe. Yeah, I think he just knows. Like, I think he's just kind of set up as that, like, you know, he knows. Because didn't he, he stopped first at this, like, other place where there were all these, like, farm, like, old farm guys, like, coming in from a day's work. And they all were just, like, oh, yeah. yakking it up. Like, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so he i think he kind of like has his spots that he'll hit for information yeah no for sure he also uh donated to a like bikeathon oh that yeah he was taking a part of so i feel like there was also kind of like mentions here and there of all of these like random events that were happening around the expo mm-hmm so it was like a like a bikeathon that's happening, and I think it was a benefit for like something. And then there's, as you mentioned before, we have a, a new fancy big city couple coming mm. in to visit um, that the Landspeaks brought over to Quillerin's house, and like they're talking about doing a cheese tasting, and like also want Quillerin to get involved. And then we also have. A raffle. Uh-huh. A fun little raffle event uh-huh. that uh, is more of a, like, what do you call those? It's not a raffle. It's like a, like a... Um... Like a buy a date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like not a what bidding. you call it. There's, like, a word for it. Yeah. yeah. Like a bachelor, bidding on a bachelor or something like that or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What are those called? God, now I don't know either. Yeah, I don't, obviously, have never been to one (laughs) (laughs) i haven't been out of my home in a year i don't know (laughs) i don't know what events are anymore what Mm -hmm. is what is event time what is gathering together (laughs) i certainly don't know i don't but the upshot is that yes you guessed it quillerin is roped (laughs) into being said bachelor to be raffled off along with like it was really funny because um it was uh it was the uh the PR guy, our like local PR guy. Oh god, I forget his name. Okay, well <laughs> I forget his name. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it was like the local PR guy. He was he like works for everything that's like pertinent to the story at the moment. Like he worked for the hotel on the on Breakfast Island. He worked for the train station when it was like the train episode. Anyway, he what? yeah <laughs> who are you talking the, about <laughs> he's the guy well he's the guy that took oh the like xyz guy no well he worked for xyz but he wasn't like nefarious xyz 
Oh. Guy. He's just like a PR guy that just like, he just like works in marketing and just like hops from job to job as I it's relevant he, to the I books. He died. Did no. He die? Uh-uh. Who no, no. died? <laughs> he did not. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. No, hang on, let me see. One of that. one of Quillerin's friends like died on the way to an airport with a mystery oh, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this that wasn't this guy. Oh, okay. I still don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um well either way, he's the one who takes Quillerin out. Dwight Summers! Dwight Summers. Oh, okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like a like a catch-all marketing guy. Like literally he just is like every book he's working for whoever is the most like pertinent <laughs> company at the moment. Um, Do you know what I feel like this book is reminding me of? Oh god, what? <laughs> you know that that feeling of like being in a video game and all of the characters are the same? <laughs> like like in Zelda where you're like playing like ocarina of time and you're like seeing all of these characters and then you go to majora's mask and you're like it's like literally all the same characters they're just playing different roles yeah like doing different things i thought you were gonna say because i feel like sometimes when books or movies or something get too chaotic i always equate it to do you remember when we were kids and we used to play we had like all those little like you know tiny little like plastic horses and plastic dogs like the tiny ones we had like a full stable Uh and we would like we would play for hours and just like make up stories about all of them but of course it's like you know we were really small kids and so it was like the stories would be like complete nonsense oh it would be like complete nonsense with like the tiniest threads that weave them together so it'd be like (laughs) well like jasper horse went to the like the park today and then like cooked a meal and then like mocha the dog came over and you know then they like went to the they were already at the the park so why not jump in the pool they went to the pool and like it's just like this back and forth and then they went back and ate some more food like it if i feel like sometimes when things get really chaotic i'm like wow this has the same back and forth like chaotic <laughs> storytelling the, the same chaos feels child's play <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I actually think about that a lot when like I can't remember what the most recent one, but every time I'm like there's like a like a TV show especially that's like a little bit too like all over the place, I'm like, wow, Julie and I could have written this as children. <laughs> and you just think of the writer sitting in the room trying to come up with the storyline and then you just wanna like shake them and be like, You can't just write whatever you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has to make sense. It has to make sense for the people. <laughs> Or, like, go to the, because, like, oh, my God, realistically, those writer's rooms are so many people just trying to get a story across. And then there's, like, an executive that's like, hey, why don't we do this? And everyone's like, no. (laughs) Now we have to weave that in. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like a lot of times when there's that, like, kind of disconnect. I mean, I don't know if it's always the case. I always like to blame it on an exec. (laughs) I mean, it's probably just a too many cooks in the kitchen kind of feel, but Lillian Jackson Braun doesn't have that excuse. <laughs> it's just her in her it's own her. mind. <laughs> it's too many cooks in her own kitchen. <laughs> too many cats in her old lady house. Oh my god, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, so what other information is there? I feel like we ke- we keep forgetting to say the guy's actual name, the beekeeper. That's Aubrey. 
I have a feeling he's going to come back because he's kind of like, uh, as we mentioned last episode, he's like the handyman for the owner of the new pickaxe hotel, who was the mm-hmm. dick who was throwing rocks at dogs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. children. <laughs> dogs and children. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's currently in the hospital because he fell off some stairs that he wouldn't let Aubrey fix while Quilleran was interviewing him. While um, he was trying to throw rocks at a dog. Yeah, yes, correct. So there was also, he kind of came back into into vogue, shall we say, in this episode. Because as the owner of the new Pig X Hotel, and obviously it is, parts of it are demolished now. People are like, oh, that old grumpy guy. Like, what is he even going to do? Like, he's already been keeping the new pickaxe hotel in like disrepair and there's this like weird shell company in Lockmaster, the next town over that apparently owns like most of the new pickaxe hotel or like manages all of his finances. And so people mm-hmm. are like, there's apparently a rumor going around that the bomb was staged and that it was actually this company that blew up the, the hotel because they, it, they were just like fed up with it. It wasn't making money. This guy was impossible to work with. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, except that... Seems like a a legit storyline. It does, except that it does totally negate Anoush. Anoush. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because people were like, oh, she was a plant. And it's like, well, I don't... She seemed really fearful for her life. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that rumor was going around. And I think there's probably going to be some of that that comes back later. Oh, and we get some, like, funny backstory from the bartender guy, from Gary and Burr, about Aubrey, which was that he was in the army, and he, he, like, used to be totally different. He was, like, a bully back in the day, but then he, like, almost drowned, or, like, he died. There was one of those things where he, like, died, and then they brought him back to life. Yeah, he had, like, a really traumatic... Yeah, I think you're right. I think he almost drowned. He had, like, a really traumatic, like, near-death experience. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, he's, like, so nice now and, like, can't stand to be around water. I was like, yeah, imagine that (laughs) almost drowning and, like, no longer wanting to be near water. Hmm, wonder why. I know. That one he said, like, he said it in the same breath as, like, and his personality is so different. It's like, okay, well, that, like... The not wanting to be around water is not attached to him being different. It's attached to him, like, almost drowning. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Things that make sense. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, yeah, he apparently, like, he is well known um, now as, like, being really different and being really kind um, and also really good at his job. So I think that's what Quilleran was getting Mm -hmm. at because... Nick Bamba also hired him. Oh my god, this really, now I'm back in the state, it was like... Yeah, yikes, Nick Bamba, here we go. Uh, I don't even remember him coming up in this section. <laughs> he didn't, but like, it oh, okay. just was the thing of like, that's why Quillaren was asking, because Nick Bamba had hired him, all that stuff. Yeah. Ugh, okay. there's well... so much back and forth in this section. It's a web, it's Ugh. a small town web, and we're meeting all the characters all over again. It's literally like this book, she was like, you know what? I love all my characters equally. I'm bring and I'm them all back. <laughs> gonna throw them all in here, and it's like the same size as any other book. I don't know how this section is what it is. I, mm. whew, man, more cheese, yeah. less. It's just chitter all... chatter. <laughs> 
the whole section is just all of their names listed in a row. That's, <laughs> it's all, that's all it was. <laughs> it's like a cozy mystery version of, like, the Bible, like, Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was and calm. Polly begat Quillerin, who begat Bootsy. Who begat Yum Yum. Who begat Fran Brody and... <laughs> And Iris Cobb. <laughs> Who begat the dick that owns the new Pickaxe Hotel. <laughs> oh my god. It literally even went as far as to like, just like randomly reference the the Jade Collector from the one, like the owner of like Yum Yum before Yum. Like this, oh my god, this section is just all over the place. Like I said, more cheese and less, uh, <laughs> less small town errands, please. <laughs> Yeah, I just imagine Lillian Jackson Brown with, like, a giant cheese plate in front of her, <laughs> drinking, like, a massive glass of wine and being like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, swirling the wine, like, mischievously, <laughs> being like, hmm, what next? What next? Yeah, like, referencing her own, uh, it's that, oh, it wasn't written by her, it was referen- <laughs> referencing that, like, Cat, the cat who encyclopedia that you gave me it probably just came out and she has it and it's like <laughs> let me go through this character list <laughs> like wait let me rehash <laughs> oh my god that's so funny yes it very much felt like that oh my god so what else there's got to be other little tidbits so the danielle there's a new the new woman the new couple I think is probably mm-hmm. going back to this like locks kind of shady lockmaster, like holding company that's in charge of all of. Oh God, what's the guy's name that the the dick who I'm only gonna refer to him as the dick who owns the <laughs> the new pickaxe hotel. So he's still in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the rumors about the lockmaster company. And then, so this, the new flashy couple that comes into town from, like, Detroit, I think, um, they are bankers. He is a banker. She, I think, is described kind of like a socialite. She is a lot younger than him. She loves the theater and also is, like, very flirtatious with Quillerin. Um, oh, Coco hates her. That's also a clue. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, sniffs her and immediately, like, hisses at her. Yeah, I actually thought this part was really funny because they're they're introduced as like these like bougie city slickers coming in and she's immediately like there's no good shopping around here, like there are no mm-hmm. malls, I can't stand it. And then they reference that they're from Baltimore and I was like, oh, "Where? Right. Where in Baltimore? Like, <laughs> there's nothing bougie here. Think <laughs> of all the cities you could have picked." <laughs> That's so. Oh, that's right. They're from Baltimore. Oh, the Detroit thing was. Um, they. I can't remember why, but they think that the guy, the suspect who dropped off the bomb, had a hat that Quillerin, for some reason, suspects was a Detroit Lions hat. I think. Do you remember this? Oh, kind of vaguely. That means nothing to me. I don't know who the Detroit Lions are. Is that football? I don't even know if this is the Lions, technically. It was some <laughs> sports team that was definitely Detroit. Because he was like, oh, it was the D, you know, the like embroidered white D on the hat. That He was like, I bet that was the Detroit whatever team. And I forget what the whatever part was. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, great. Well, he did ask this couple if they were a baseball fan, so maybe the Detroit team was a baseball team? Yeah, that's true, because I, I think that's why I thought of it just now, is that I think they were supposed to, like, potentially that was supposed to be a clue to link them, like, not like maybe these people were the bombers or whatever, but that they were maybe a part of something nefarious because you're right. Yeah. It was, I think it was okay. I think lions were football. I'm not going to speculate on sports. I'm so sorry to everyone who is interested in, <laughs> in sports and is from Detroit. Um, All I know is he asked if they were an Orioles fan, which I know that's our baseball team. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And then they were like, no, we're more into something else. What was it? Oh, they were more into football, which Baltimore also has a football team. Well, that so. was, yeah, because he seemed so high and mighty knowing that maybe Quilleran just didn't know the, because I, yeah, I thought that too. I was like, well, I at least know the Ravens because. We yeah, kind everyone of knows up. the Ravens. Well, That's everyone not who's not everyone the... knows the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. I know the Ravens. <laughs> we just grew up in the area, <laughs> <laughs> and I live here now. So, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was funny that Quillerin was like patting himself on the back for knowing the baseball team, but then just like as soon as they were like, "Oh, football," he like didn't mention the Ravens. So it was like as if he was like. Oh, I, I don't know that, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't know. You're right. Okay. Moving on. Don't ask me about football. Well, you know what, Julia? I feel like we're doing a really good job in a really chaotic way, pulling out all <laughs> of the pieces of information. It's almost more fun this way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we definitely didn't go in order, but I feel like we're getting there. We're, I, yeah. We're, we're pulling it together. We're pulling it together. Um, I hope this hasn't been too hard to follow. <laughs> I do you think there yeah there's got we're I feel like we're like 85% there. There's like got to be some other little threads that we're missing. Um well Quillerin also bought a um cheese basket. Oh, that's right that oh my god, poor Yum Yum almost died in. <laughs> that Yum Yum got stuck in. Oh, that was really I was very poor yum yum. yeah, sad about that. Yeah. Poor Yum Yum's almost she just is in she peril. She herself into some some situations, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in the the true, you know, rundown, Quilleran goes to town. And I don't, I cannot even tell you guys, he goes to literally every single store in this <laughs> tiny town. Um, which turns out to be a lot of stores. Like, he, like, buys a, a kilt. Like, there's, like, a whole backstory about how he's going to, like, surprise Polly and maybe wear a kilt at the next, like, Scottish meeting. There are so many threads <laughs> of little yeah. things. It's alarming. But oh, I think he also goes to uh, the funeral. Oh, he does go to the funeral and he goes to the newspaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also. But to close out the cheese basket thread real quick, he in town buys... And a really old cheese basket and a giant old trunk. And um, Yum Yum apparently really likes the cheese basket pretty immediately and falls asleep in it. But when Quiller, Quiller and like leaves for something and comes back. And when he comes back, Coco's like freaking out in the window and trying to get his attention. And Yum Yum has her whole head stuck in the cheese basket. Yeah, it has like little holes in the bottom, I think. So she got her head stuck through one of the holes and was like... Got a got a little cheese basket collar. Yeah, yeah. And Quillerin had to like rip the the like wicker of it or like the wood of it so that she he could get her out. Yeah, poor yum yum. It actually reminded me of the time that um 
when Ari was still a tiny little baby in mm-hmm. Albania, she used to try to get in, she used to like climb through the like back fabric of my couch. Oh, um, yeah. Because it had, it was a pullout couch and it had like a little, like a, a storage space in the bottom. So she would like hop through the side mm. and go and like sleep in the storage space where all the blankets were. And one day I was like feng shuiing my apartment, which I could like only kind of do. And I like pushed all the couches to the wall and like left and, you know, went grocery shopping and came back. And she was stuck because the couch had like a little curve in the back. And so she had tried to hop through the curve and was like stuck between the couch and the wall. And she just, her little back legs were like flailing. (laughs) Oh, poor Ari. <laughs> poor Ari. Just hanging there. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's really sad and funny. I know. It was mostly funny because she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I just couldn't keep my couches up against the wall from then on. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I have to watch the cats out in the patio because Franklin the other day stuck his whole stupid head through the the bottom, like, bamboo bars. Like, I have, you know, like, the bamboo oh, fence. No. Mm-hmm. He pushed enough. They're, like, really close together. They're, like, wired together. But he pushed enough of them, like, apart that he just stuck his whole dumb head through. And then, like, as I walked out and he got scared and, like, you know, freaked out... It, was yeah, like sucked funny. it back in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was like, and like did a like a wiggle move. That... <laughs> and then like the I was like, oh, I'm just gonna like wire this back together. But like, you know how like when cats like leave a space, it's like water, and all of a sudden it's like closed up again. It's like I can't even fix this because it looks yeah, normal like, now. I yeah, I don't know. It's broken. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. like I know you can get back through, but I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I can't troubleshoot this. I just have to wa- like glare at you the whole time you're out on the patio now. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Actually, Chuni's been doing that, too. I have my neighbor's fence has, like, sort of a gap between the fence and the wall, and it's definitely not big enough for him to get through, but, like, I swear it's growing somehow, because the other day he did stick his whole dumb head through, and I was like, (laughs) okay, well, I can't have this, so I did, I, like, um... I have chicken wire, which I've used to make my cat fence, so I just took some extra and, like, balled it up and stuck it in there. Oh, good. But, oh my gosh, yeah, too much, too much. I know, cats are so dumb. They're liquid, but their heads... (laughs) (laughs) Their heads are not. (laughs) No. (laughs) Their heads get stuck. (laughs) Oh my god. They just don't understand. They just don't understand how that happens. The dummies. They're so dumb. But I love them. Oh. Sorry, Junie. I scared him. Oh, <laughs> Junie. He was like, don't talk about my head. I know. Yeah. He was sleeping and I touched him. I know. I don't want to jinx it, but my, all of my cats are sleeping right now, too. I feel like usually one of us is plagued with uh, cat zoomies Ooh, while we're recording. Cat drama. Well, I did feed both of mine right beforehand, so I think they're both passed out. Oh, yeah, it's like a really rare overcast day here, so I think mine are like, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't think of anything else. I feel like there were only a couple other, like, tidbits here and there. Like, I actually just opened up to one of the last pages that we read, and I had forgotten that one of the details that we missed 
was uh, like on the actual bombing was that which was in the newspaper that Quiller and read um, was that the chef who has kind of been like said to not be that great but was apparently friends with Anoush and apparently it was Anoush's birthday so he was going Mm, out to mm -hmm. or he was in the kitchen and he had been cooking Anoush a birthday cake when the bomb went off and he apparently also has disappeared like he has left the the area as well and people kind of made light of it but that definitely seems connected somehow yeah i feel like there was there was also someone who came in and tried to like give the newspaper a story and i i thought that was like kind of suspicious and uh what's his name like kind of laughed it off and was like oh you know that's like a terrible story or like not a good like news source about the bombing so he like you know shoved him off into the like neighboring newspaper and they kind of like laughed it off but i don't know i was wondering if that might also come back yeah that's true there was that thread too of um because Riker Quillerin's friend the editor that story comes from Riker and a lunch that he had just had with the editor of the Lockmaster Ledger and there is kind of a lot in this section about the tensions between Lockmaster and Pickaxe and how people are a little bit uh prejudiced based on where you live and you know back and forth like both ways it sounds like oh. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I remember that being in the conversation, one of the conversations about the the girl who unfortunately passed in the explosion, people kept saying like, oh, she was from like this part of town, but she was great. You know, like, mm-hmm. don't yeah. let, you know, like that be sway what you think of her kind of thing. Yeah. And Polly's the only one that's like, I don't think we should be judging anyone based on zip code. And it's like, Polly yeah. is the only smart one Thanks. here. <laughs> Thanks, Polly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I also just remembered we forgot so that new flashy couple uh, in on cheese tasting night when they're meeting Quillerin and the cats for the first time and Coco hisses at um, Danielle they also talk Quillerin into for the Explo having like letting them put on a fancy cheese soiree in his apple barn slash home um, and they are like deciding it's gonna be like the fanciest you know ticket price is gonna be like a black tie event yeah it's gonna be like way fancy they were like well if we make it black tie we can charge three hundred dollars a ticket and basically and quillerin's like that's nothing i wipe my butt with that (laughs) (laughs) quillerin like i think he also was trying to make it so that there were less people in his house too yeah he was like no for sure (laughs) you can charge more and have less people there and they're like oh such a good idea and he's like like, oh yeah so great exclusive (laughs) yeah He's like, yes, also I'm a curmudgeon. I don't want people in my house. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is coming up to, I feel like that kind of might be it. I feel like there's like a lot of little things. Oh, but... he also got talked into doing a story on a uh, cooking class. So Oh, that's right. Kind yeah. of half halfway called that. I knew he was going to get roped into that cooking class somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to get roped in with Polly, but it's a new story. Yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely you're right. You were right. Yeah, he's definitely going to be there for that. Oh, he also, Hixie Rice, the advertising person for the newspaper, also talks him into, I guess she was trying to start a section where people like send in 
something about the it's like send in stories or like their favorite foods or something like that and Quillerin mm -hmm. was like well people need to be like led in this town so like you need someone to send something in first and sort of like display like an example it. yeah exactly like an example and she's like will you write it and not tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> so he's also roped into that <laughs> ghost writing mm -hmm. but oh i feel like we might have kind of chaotically got all of it yeah and if we didn't we'll chaotically remember <laughs> next time and bring it up uh retroactively <laughs> oh my gosh i kind of like the chaotic method you guys tell us if you liked it because if it didn't work then uh we're so sorry we'll sorry. go back to our normal way <laughs> next time um, or we'll try to <laughs> yeah yeah or we will attempt to it's just so freeing not to have to talk about every single store that quillerin went into and every reason and every opinion he has about everyone <laughs> He does have a lot of opinions that I don't want to talk about. Oh, I know. Most of them are just like, Clarin, get over yourself, man. Yeah. But we shall see what happens in the next section of The Cat Who Said Cheese. Woo! Halfway done. We're halfway done. I hope there's more cheese. I mean, I think there is going to be more cheese because we literally just set up a cheese tasting. I mean, that's true. <laughs> and met more cheesemakers. <laughs> and met more cheesemakers. I mean, unless this is, what was that terrible book that was supposed to have a, like, fun uh, gala and then we got to the end and... Oh, yeah. You were so mad about that. <laughs> so mad about that that was a year ago because my work was supposed to have a gala and i was Aww. getting all ready for it i was getting all amped up and then the pandemic happened honestly julia maybe that's the okay spoiler to well julia's life julia <laughs> <laughs> julia has been buying like like banquet attire for the last year <laughs> it's pandemic. true <laughs> <laughs> and investing in things that make me feel something. <laughs> I mean, haven't we all? But yours is yours have had a theme, and maybe it mine's goes like back to fancy that... dresses that I'm literally never gonna wear. <laughs> maybe we just found the the issue of it. Maybe it was like you didn't get to go to your gala when the pandemic started, and ever since you've just been chasing that long lost chasing, gala, chasing chasing that long lost gala dress. <laughs> I mean, I will, I have to admit, these dresses are, like, not necessarily in mind for any specific events, and almost none of them are work-appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Good. By accident. I feel like I just, it's hard to tell on thread up how things are going to look, you know? I get it wrong yes. so many times. I, like, get it in the mail, and I'm like, I didn't think this was gonna be like this <laughs> yeah why is this part see-through i feel like that happens to me a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like mine are are almost always why is this neckline so plunging <laughs> oh that too yeah 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 why is this not a v-neck this is like down to my belly button <laughs> <laughs> although i have been revamping a lot of things just because i'm like oh my god i have to i like soon soon now that i'm like halfway vaccinated um people will be seeing me again and so i've been buying like you know, updating my wardrobe, updating my, like, I got a new purse on ThreadUp. And mm. I will say I was a little bit nervous, but when I got it, I was like, wow, this is really everything I expected and wanted and dreamed and hoped. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have had good luck with like clutches on Threat Up. Ooh, yes, love a clutch. Yeah, they they actually just got me after my last dress purchase, my last dress order. I was like, I need to stop. I'm not like one out of like eight of these work, and I'm sending the rest <laughs> of them back. But they that was like a, a a few months ago, and they recently got me again when they were like, your points are gonna expire, and I was like, oh damn. Oh, so, <laughs> so now I've been going on and, and scoping out some like nice spring jackets, you know, like some mm. nice like light flowy kind of like in between when the weather's like not warm but like sunny. Uh-huh. And you need that kind of like extra layer. Ugh, love an extra layer. Yeah. Anyway, well... that's my next purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone was wondering. Now that we've had thread up corner. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, sorry, this one was a little more chaotic than usual. Do let us know if that, um, sort of style didn't work for you. We definitely want to make sure these are as enjoyable for everyone. And hello, can I, what happened to my tongue while I was saying those things? <laughs> enjoyable to everyone as possible. And yeah, we just hope you guys are doing okay. And you know, getting vaccinated, getting back out there if that's available to you. And we're just... Sending all the good thoughts. Yeah. So pet your kitties for us. And your chickens, your barnyard animals. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.